1 Corinthians 3, verse 10 through 15, and I'll begin reading there. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Look at verse 5 of chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 5. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. Hold your place and look in 2 Corinthians 5. Second Corinthians 5. <clears throat> Verses 8, 9, and 10. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8, 9, and 10. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his own body, in his body. According to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Go to Romans 14. If it's on hard to run over to those passages, <clears throat> it's okay, I'll read them, and, but we'll end up staying in 1 Corinthians 3 in just a minute. Romans 14. And look at verse... 7 to 12. Romans 14, verses 7 to 12. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and and living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Obviously, I think you'd see what this is talking about, are one day when we'll give an account to God, each one of us. And there's at least, there's two major judgments. We can go to this next uh, 
chart here. There's two major judgments where people will give an account to God. You want to be at the next one. You don't want to be at the second one. The next one coming is this one. The last one ever is this one. There's only lost people at this one. There's only saved people at this one. And no matter the outcome of this judgment, which we've read about, you're still saved. No matter what happens is read in this one, it, they're lost, and it, and it proves it through the books being opened up. We talked about five events you should know. The rapture could happen at any moment. That's where God takes up those that are truly saved, not just religious or Baptist or whatever. That's where in a moment, it's weakening of an eye, we're taken up, we're instantly changed. It happens quickly. And anybody that ha- uh, any dead believers in the, in the grave, they get a new body and they're reunited with their soul and so shall we ever be at the Lord. And Jesus said, where I am, there you may be also. I'll come and receive you unto myself. In the meantime, there's something called the tribulation. It's also called the day of the Lord. When we're gone, at some point, there's going to be a little kind of a calm before the storm. And when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction is going to come upon them. And the day of the Lord is what we, it was kind of a heavy truth. And I just gave you a little bit of it, really, last Sunday. But the tribulation, this is what a lot of Revelation talks about, chapters 6 through 19 in particular. When you're getting into Revelation, you're like, wow, what is this stuff? It's the day of the Lord. It's also known as the seven-year tribulation. That's coming. Um, and then prop, it, most likely during this time after the rapture is when this judgment seat happens. It, it seems the, the Bible indicates that because it says, Judge nothing before the time until the Lord come. That is, he's going to come and he'll get us all together. We each have our moment of evaluation before him. And then we'll come back with Jesus and we'll reign with him. And you'll have responsibilities during that time in his kingdom. And it'll be according to how you were evaluated at the judgment seat, which is according to how you lived here, which is now. What you're doing now is going to be reflected here, and here. Um, it matters whether you have a lot of talents or a few talents. It doesn't matter if it's much or little. What matters is much faithfulness and dependability that God sees in you. Not that I see in you. But much faithfulness and the dependability and virtue of, that is of, of your life and of your motive that God sees and watches you, and he will, your day's coming. And every man will have praise of God to some extent. Every man, that is every Christian, every man and woman, will have praise of God. What are we talking about? The judgment seat of Christ. Let's go to the next slide here. We just read um, that, we read several passages. We'll go to the next slide here, Yannick, if you can do that. It is a future time and place when Christ rewards each Christian life. It's a future time and place where Christ will reward each Christian life. You know, it seems like a lot of movies end with a a ceremony, a speech, an award. You know, camp ends usually some toward one of the last days of camp. It's like, all right, awards assembly. You know, people come together and somebody gets recognized for the sport and for the cleaning the cabin and for the, um, 
they actually had like a, a um, you know, music competition. It's like toward the end of an event, there's always some kind of awards recognition, right? And that's okay to do that. End of the year awards assembly at school. How many of you looked forward to that? Oh, you're all like me then. Yeah. I was like, not this again. I'm getting nothing, you know? Man, it's one of those, I'll, maybe I'll talk about that again later. It's like they went, all the smarty pits, yeah, you never missed a day of school. <laughs> Man, that stinks. I'm glad I did, you know. <laughs> I went Christmas shopping with my mom. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I actually did that a few times. But anyways, you know, the end of the year awards assembly, the kids are recognized for perfect attendance and this and that and the other thing and volunteer and most improved, which is kind of sometimes an embarrassing recognition, you know. Uh, but, you know, it, doesn't it seem like a lot of events end with an awards assembly? Huh? Uh, uh, you know, you're, so <laughs> this isn't just cute stuff. That's how kind of the summation of your life is going to end in a, or at least a major stage of it. Our body, we're going to die, we're going to go with the Lord, but it's like there's going to be this point of, all right, the awards assembly. All right? There's going to be an awards assembly for Christians. It's that judgment seat of Christ. And he'll give one at a time. And we read about, there's several passages. This passage, notice what it says at the end of verse 10. Let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Go to the next slide, Yannick. The whole point of today of recognizing the judgment seat of Christ, it's coming. Your life is becoming something, and therefore take heed how you build. That's the thought. All right? At the judgment seat of Christ, your word assembly with God and mine, it's all going to come out, and you'll see what your life is becoming. Not in, in his eyes. And therefore, between now and then, take heed how you build. That's the core thought today. I've told this story before, but it, I think it pictures it and it helps me. When I was younger, um, you know, we, we collect, even back years ago when I was a kid, back in my day, you know, we collected tin cans, you know, and, and uh, aluminum cans and uh, to get a little extra money. And so, I mean, I did personally. I'd be like, all right, you know, uh, you know, maybe doing lawn jobs and stuff to get a little extra money. But I remember, particularly in the summertime, and me and one of my friends, we just want a little extra money, you know. And, and usually it's for something not that important. It was like at the Fry's grocery store at, there used to be a Fry's at the southwest corner of Gilbert Road and, um, and Southern. There used to be a Fry's there. And, you know, they had these little little sticker machines where you just put two quarters in, you go, and it pulled out the sticker, and it was cool, man. It was a cool <laughs> sticker. It had, like, glittery stuff, and it was a Cobra. And I was going to put it on my bike, you know, or on my notebook for school, you know, and that would be awesome. And so, you know, I, I, didn't, I was like, I want to get a couple extra quarters to get a cool sticker, you know. And so... Um, and so sometimes I would literally, so what is it, Val Vista and Southern, that's two miles to, to, to there. So me and my friend, we collected cans, we'd collect cans, and so we'd get on our bike, and this is the summertime, we'd have our bag of cans, we'd ride our bike two miles down there in the summer, and we'd turn in the can. They, you could do turn in the cans at Fry's. They had a, they had a 
you know, the can exchange or an aluminum can exchange there at Fry's at the time. You know, early, mid-80s type of thing. Um, and so early 80s, I think. And so uh, they'd take it and they'd, they'd weigh it and then they'd give you, you know, you go over to the customer service and they'd give you whatever it was. You know, it usually wasn't more than a dollar, but we're like, cool, we'd take it, we'd get our, we'd get our sticker, click, click, and take it with us and, and we'd go home, you know, ride our bike home. And uh, after a while, I was like, wait a minute. I didn't know what kind of stuff they really wanted. I, was, I just kept thinking, metal. They just need metal. I, I didn't think it was just cans. And I don't know why. I don't know if it was because I saw somebody else bring something that didn't look like a can. I'm like, oh, it's more than maybe other things. And so my friend and I, we tried this. So the next time, we're like, hey, we know where there's a lot of metal that we could take and put it in a bag and take it to fries and get you know, be heavy. We'll get a lot of money. And there was this area we called the Dirt Hills. It was the northwest corner of uh, Val Vista and Southern. There was a, for a long time, there was really nothing there. It was almost a quarter square. It'd be like that corner right there. Like, it's almost like a, I don't know if that's not a quarter square mile, but it was a pretty large area. And it was just a bunch of dirt hills. And we'd actually ride our bikes there. And there was like people dump junk there. And there was weeds that we could hide. It was kind of a little fun area sometimes to play. But, uh, but there was metal there, junk. So we went, we were like, we'll go to the dirt hills and we're going to get some metal cans and metal stuff. And so we had already had some other cans and so we had some other stuff, and, and, but we didn't have a lot. So we're like, okay, so we're digging through dirt. We're collecting just whatever. We don't know what this stuff is. We're just putting things that look metal in there, putting metal in our bag. And, mm, he's doing, and I had my bag and my friend, his name is Crispin, he had his bag and we kind of filled up our bags and it was heavy. I think we had to double bag it, you know, because it was kind of heavy and kind of sharp edges. And so we, that was a hard ride two miles from Val Vista and Southern, past Lindsay, to Gilbert Road at Gilbert and Southern. Like, oh, man, and it took a while. We went all that way and went there, got there, and uh, walk in. I'm thinking, yeah, this stuff's heavy. I'm going to get some money for this one. And so I remember going in, and, and this is the one thing I will not forget. I went in. Uh, I haven't yet, at least. Um, and, uh, and I see you when you're older, you say, I'll never forget this. Well, you might, you know. So as you're getting older, you might. Anyway, so I brought in this heavy bag and, uh, and I walk in and the guy, it was like the manager or something. He comes in, he looks at us and he sees us drop these two bags. And I remember this, he went and he went and grabbed it and he went like this and he went, it's kind of like looking at us like, well, wait a minute. He didn't expect that heavy. So he's like, what is this? You know, I was like, it's metal. You know, and he comes over and he looks at it and goes, no, you can't turn this stuff in. You can't. And I, and I was honestly surprised. And I'm like, what? I thought, man, I thought I was doing something cool, but I wasn't. And then he came outside and he went out to the outside trash. He started pulling this stuff out. He goes, you've got to take out stuff like this. It's only going to be cans. Nothing in here you'll be able to, is valuable. And so we're taking out all this junk and all this junk and we're putting it in their trash out there that was outside. And, and we ended up only having like maybe half of a bag between us. And I don't know what that was, a quarter, maybe 50 cents, so we had to cut a sticker in half or something. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the outcome was there, but it was sad for us. Like, what? I spent all this time uh, gathering the wrong stuff, you know? I spent all that time gathering the wrong stuff, and I thought I had something valuable. It seemed like it's valuable, but it wasn't. And so the judgment seat of Christ is something similar. Your life is a, this is the, this is a 
God's word fact. Your life is accumulating things in God's sight. You're building something. You, that's, the, that's the image Paul brings here. It's a, there's kind of different angles of how the, the judgment seat of Christ is, is taught. This angle is a, a one of building. You are building something right now. You're collecting things in, in your life, your Christian life. And, and it's like you're collecting things. That is, God sees your life as developing something. Uh, and with, a, a, with certain, it's like, oh, that was gold. Oh, that was silver. Oh, that was precious stones. What you've done, what you did, your motive there. And it's accumulating. Or you're accumulating the wrong things. Ah, that was just a bunch of wood. Ah, that was just a bunch of hay. That was just a bunch of stubble. Your life right now, some of the things you're saying, doing, and the things that are motivating you, the counsels of your heart, are essentially translating into something God sees as gold, silver, precious stone, or wood, hay, or stubble. That's what's happening right now. That's what was happening yesterday. I was, I was developing, I was bringing together gold, silver, or precious stones in God's eyes by what I thought, said, did, was motivated by. Or it, was, it may have looked cool, it may have seemed like this is something, but it was wood, hay, and stubble. The question is, are we collecting the right stuff? Is my life accumulating the right things? The day will tell you. The day will declare it. Look at your Bible. Look at your Bible there. Every man's work, verse 13. That means each and every person, your work, shall be made manifest. That means revealed and disclosed. For the day shall declare it. Because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. In some way, in some, I don't know how this is going to work, but that day that we're at the judgment seat of Christ, each of us get our day. It's going to be in somehow our life is put before the Lord, the substance of all of what we've done, said, thought, was motivated by, and there's going to be somehow some fire, and it's brought together. That's the image here. We're there. The Lord's there. The Bema seat, it's not a condemnation seat, it's an evaluation seat. And it's going to be combined with everything you've done with this fire, and fire will tell you what, thing, what, it, what something is, right? Fire is going to tell you what something is. And if it was something like, look at all that stuff, look at all the things they did, and if it was just wood, it's going to go up quick. If it was just fluff and hay, it's going to go up quick. If it was maybe small, but it's gold, it's going to go in there and stay, come right out, better looking. Silver, precious stones, though they're small, but they're valuable. Not as seen easily, but they're valuable. It's going to go in there and come out, and you're like, every man's going to have praise of God. Everybody's going to have something come valuable out of the fire, by the way. Every man shall have praise of God. But the idea is that's the scenario of our, the judgment seat of Christ, is that your life in some form is going to be represented uh, of all these substances and going to go through the fire and Jesus, the Lord's going to say, oh, that's what it was. This is what your life was. Yeah, you did a lot of those things and it was a big, a big show and it was a big this and that. Just wood, hay, and stubble. That just burned right through. But I did see that gold there that nobody else saw. I did see some of those gems that came right through it and you're rewarded for that. You know, the storms are testing our structures, aren't they? Right? I mean, the last week and a couple weeks, you can have a nice, look at that nice building. And you find out, that wasn't a building, that was a shed. just got blown away by the storm, you know. And our, our structures are being tested by storms. And structures get tested by 
fire too. And so also the, the structure and substance of my life. I'm going to look at four points here. And I plan to do another message next week. Four points to help us build. Notice what it says in verse 10. Take heed. Well, it says right there in verse 10. Let every man take heed how he buildeth. That means... Paul's basically saying to you and I today, do you even think about how you're building? That's what he's saying to you and I today. Do I even take heed to what I'm collecting day by day? Let every man take heed how he builds. He's like, I'm not building anything. You are building something. Let every man take heed how he builds. I mean, if you were to build a real structure, you do take heed how you're going to build a real structure. First of all, you need a foundation. Secondly, you need a plan of what's going to get developed. Thirdly, you need what kind of material am I going to use? At least that first and second point are brought into this picture of what am I standing on and what kind of material am I going to use in building my life? Take heed how you build. Here's some things that will help us take heed how we build our Christian life so that the judgment seat of Christ's day is all the more better of a day. I'll say it again. We're going to look at four points that will help us build our current Christian life so that when we come to the day of the judgment seat of Christ's day, it'll be all the more better. Number one, first of all, we have to make sure that we're even on a foundation. Notice what Paul says. This is what he's teaching. Verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. First of all, you don't have any standing to be at the judgment seat of Christ's day if you're not standing on Christ alone as it is. No, no person at the judgment seat of Christ will be a person who isn't saved. You have to be a saved person will be there. It's because they're standing on, they're resting on the, the, the salvation of Jesus Christ, the sole salvation that Jesus Christ provides. The bare minimal thing that every person needs to have is the found, saving foundation of believing on Jesus. Jesus is the foundation. I have to have the right foundation. Some people are standing on the, a creed. Right. might even be a Baptist creed. I believe whatever the Baptist, what do you believe? What the preacher says. What does the preacher believe? He preaches what I believe. What do you believe? Whatever the preacher says. You know. So people that stand on a, on a creed or on a person or the, on a religious attachment or they stand on their own merits, they think, or their own intellect. If we're not standing, we're lasting on Jesus Christ to be our Savior, that He is the one who's saved me from my sin and guilt and I'm, and I'm cleared because I'm resting in Him, resting in Him, then I got a foundation. In fact, you don't have, you, you, there's no, it's just like this. I'll make a comparison here. Some people want to focus on building a Christian life. They're not even a Christian yet. I, there's been people in this church that focus on building a Christian life, what it looks like when it's just right and everything. And, 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 but you're not even a Christian yet. You might as well focus on building a new house but not have a foundation yet. Go ahead and try. It'll stand for a little bit. But the little storm or something like that, it's going to, just time, it's going to give way. The ground... 
you know, expands and contracts. But if it's on a solid foundation, it's steady. And the same thing with us. We have nothing to do until we know that our calling and election is sure. That is, I'm sure I'm saved. Paul, even in 2 Corinthians, at the end of 2 Corinthians, he says, Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Know you not your own selves. Prove your own selves, whether Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. Check yourself out. Where am I standing? Am I, is it on Christ's solid rock I stand? Every all the other ground is sinking sand? And that's, that's the first thing is, am I standing on Jesus Christ? Now, another thought is this. Is that as you go forward in your Christian life, there's another, in another way, we need to do things based on Jesus. You're already, a, you're already Christian. You're already saved. Do I, but do I purposely do, and do things for the glory of God? That's foundational. The Bible says, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. For of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. Do all things to the glory of God. That is, whatever I do, whether I'm working secular or sacred, whether it's seen or unseen, do all for the Lord's glory. That's, that means I'm doing it based on the fact that I'm a Christian and I'm saved and I want to please Him. So building, take heed how I build. I need to first of all know that I'm standing on Jesus Christ. Secondly, and this is probably the biggest point that I, I thought about spending the whole time on, is we need to build with the right material. Again, he says, take it, let every man take heed how he builds. Verse 11, build on the right foundation. Verse 12, build with the right material. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be manifest. It will be seen. The day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So do you see the two categories there? What's the two categories? The valuable and the invaluable. Gold, silver, precious stones. God put those things in our, to help us understand and relate with this future day. Gold, silver, precious stones. What are they? They're smaller, but they're valuable. They're obtained by work. Okay? They're mined. And they're enduring. Whereas the wood, hay, stubble, what is that? It's easily obtained. At least easier than that. It's harder to obtain gems and gold and silver. Mining it. Gold, you know, the wood, hay, stubble. Eh, eh, you can go grab some. I can go get some wood right now. I could go grab enough wood to make a pretty big fire in probably two minutes. Right outside there, just from these. It's easily obtained. It's cheap. But it can look big, though. It can look big. You, know, you can get a pile of hay, start stacking hay. It looks big. Look at that. It burns up fast, too. And so the Bible says here, we need to take heed how we're going to build. So what does the wood, hay, stubble, what does the gold, silver, precious stones represent? Let's get to the night now then, okay? What does that look like? Now, I did a study, and I came up with around 10 points of things that God says are rewardable things that he says in his word. I'll try to say them quickly, and I'll try to contrast them with the wood, hay, and stubble. Rewardable uh, substance. Just in Psalm, I'll go quickly, Psalm 1911, in keeping of his word is great reward. If you were to just simply read something in the Bible, you say, that's what God said to me, I'm going to do it. He says there's reward for that, whatever it is. Secondly, enduring injustice translates to gold, silver, precious stone. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 11 to 12, Jesus said, Blessed are ye, congratulations are ye, 
when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake, rejoice and be exceeding glad. Why? Because great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You're in that crew. You're in that elite group of prophets who got mistreated and humiliated on earth for their identification with the Savior, and you get a reward for that. He said it's blessing. Enduring injustice for Christ's sake translates to gold, silver, precious stones. Some of you may have done that. I know somebody in this church right now. I'm not going to name them because I don't want to take away their reward. But they've been dealt with, at least that I know it, they've been dealt with unjustly at work and some other ways and reviled. And they've endured it. And I found out about it. Discreetly showing generosity. To discreetly show generosity, according to Matthew 6, 3 to 4, Jesus said, if you, when you do your alms, that's not a tithe. That's a generous giving of some sort, whether it's in a church or out of a church. When you do your generosity giving, don't... Sound the trumpet before you like the hypocrites do, for they love to get attention of men. I have, they got their reward right there. But when thou doest thine alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Some of you in here, I think, are like that. I kind of sometimes get little glimpses of it toward other people, sometimes toward me. And I hope I didn't steal your reward by knowing it. If I broadcast it, you probably would. But some of the people give very privately in the sense of you show generosity to other people and you don't make a big deal of it and have it broadcast on the news. Sometimes when they say, you know, some gigantic, some athlete gave you know, $5 million to build some hospital, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for that. That's great. But, you know, sometimes I think they might want that broadcasted to help their PR. But with God, he says, you know, you just give and it doesn't have to be broadcasted. You may or may not get a tax deduction for that. That doesn't matter. But you'll get a reward in heaven, he says. That translates to gold, silver, and precious stone. Showing hospitality. Matthew 10, 40 to 41 talks about showing hospitality to a prophet, to a righteous man, to a child. God says you'll no wise lose your reward for that. But then Jesus said, this is a whole other thing. Luke 14, verses 12 to 14. Jesus said, when you, when you make a dinner, don't call all your friends so that they'll pay you back. Because you want to make your Mexican food and you know they make good Italian food, so you want to invite them over so they'll invite you over and you can have their good Italian food. He's saying, don't, don't, don't go playing that game. Here's what you do is you invite the poor, the maimed. Just, I haven't arrived here. You invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind to your dinner that you're going to have because they can't pay you back. But they cannot recompense thee. But thou shalt be recompensed at the judgment of the righteous, he says. Isn't that a blessing to hear that? See, again, our life is becoming something. People who are generous like that now, people who are enduring affliction now for Christ's sake, people who are, so that type of hospitality that nobody really, preachers not like myself, don't practice enough or preach enough. God says, I see it. I see it. You'll be recompensed. Gold, silver, precious stone. Loving, difficult people. Luke 6, verse 35 talks about that. Your reward shall be great for loving your enemies and blessing those. Number six, investing into, one's, into, one, into people with one's spiritual grift. 1 Corinthians 3.8, Paul talked about somebody who plants, somebody who waters. Everyone's going to get a reward for their part. Keeping, number seven, upright motives in one's heart. Look in 1 Corinthians 4.5. 1 Corinthians 4.5, it says, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who will bring to light 
the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. Then shall every man have praise of God. I think it's spoken of in a positive way here. The things of darkness. I think he's saying, look, there was things that nobody saw in the dark. I'm going to bring that out and let you see it. This is a po- the judgment seat of Christ is, a, is not a day to bring out sin because sin was judged at the cross. There's not a sin issue here. It's a service issue. He's going to bring out of darkness that good thing. And he's going to reveal the thing that was counseling your heart. And he says, every man shall have praise of God. Just having a good motive translates to gold, silver, precious stones. So that if you came to church every Sunday Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, all year long, but you didn't have a good motive for 90% of the time, you just lost your reward. But if you, if you could hardly make it sometimes and you finally make it and you have the right heart and you didn't go as much as the guy that had the perfect attendance but you had the right heart, that translates to gold, silver, precious stone. Otherwise, the, the other thing could be wood, hay, stubble. I just did it. I did something grudgingly. I did something to show. Just you're losing your reward. See, I'm just telling you, God's telling us how to t- take heed how I build. Well, what, what, am, what am I doing today? What, why am I doing what I'm doing? And, and so that's what it, 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 um, it translates to, keeping one's motives upright. Number eight, communicating the gospel is worthy of reward. Did you know that? Paul says, I'll quote you the verse in 1 Corinthians 9, 17. Paul talked about preaching the gospel. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. But then he says, if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. If I do this thing willingly. I have a reward. If I willingly share the gospel, there's reward for that. How about working obediently for your boss? He's like, Pastor, that can't be in here. It is. Colossians 3, 22 to 24. It says, servants, be obedient to your masters with all fear, not with eye service as men pleases, but as the servants of God, doing the will of God from the heart. He says, whatsoever you do heartily unto the Lord, not to men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. In other words, he says, you, you, when you look up at your boss, you see right through him and see God up in heaven. That's what he's saying to do. You study that in Colossians. As unto the Lord, for you serve the Lord Christ. Do it heartily as unto the Lord, not just to men, not just as his, seeing his eyes and being a, a men pleaser, but he says, do it obediently as to the Lord. Did you know another thing, number 10, and we'll just stop right there, is loving his appearing. Isn't that amazing? I found this when I studied the Bible. What would, why would Jesus reward me? Why would Jesus reward you? What would my life, how can my life translate to gold, silver, and precious stone and not have a bunch of fluff and stuff and wood? It's these things I mentioned, but also Paul says, you know, the Lord's going to give me a, a, a crown of righteousness, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Just by virtue of, not just like I'm looking for Jesus coming, I'm thinking about Jesus coming, I theologically have Jesus coming uh, discerned, but I love the fact that Jesus is going to come back and all those that love his appearing, according to the Bible, there's some kind of reward. It sounds like a crown. So, some of you in here, I, I, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a confirming stuff in your heart that's like, Pastor, I, I always wondered by my motive, you know, I, I, I don't want to get attention, but I do want to do this one thing. I don't want to do things to create a false impression. That's good. There's, there's reward for that. Some people, you give 
to, because it's right. And you know God sees it. And you're not trying to get admired. And you're not trying to get thanks. You might get it. You may not. But you're not trying to. Some of you, there are people that you want to share the gospel with and you probably do it without being on visitation. And others, maybe you just, you don't, you don't, you'd rather not spend, share the gospel. You'd rather get in these petty arguments about really strange and obscure doctrines that you try to pull out of the Bible. That's wood, hay, stubble. And you like to get on your online blog arguments. That's wood, hay, stubble. And get, up, get caught up in strange doctrines and strange issues and hobby horses. And you spend all your time there. That's wood, hay, stubble. Some of you, you're bearing hardship. And you have borne hardship. And injustice. God, you bear it patiently. That's gold, silver, precious stone. You're, built, you're getting the right building material. It might not look. He's like, my life doesn't look like much compared to theirs. No, judge nothing before the time. Till the Lord come. God's going to see what it's all about, about each of us. Look, I mean, I might look at you and think, I think you might do pretty good. I might, could. I mean, I could try. And you could look at me and say, Pastor, of course Pastor's going to do fine. Look at him, you know. You don't know. And then, you know, so we can, that's why Paul, by the way, chapter 4 gets into that idea of judging one another, you this and that, this. And Paul says, you know what? I don't even judge my own self. The Lord's going to deal, he'll have, that is in the greater picture. It's all going to come out at God's awards assembly, the judgment seat of Christ. You know, okay, so we have to build on the right foundation. We have to build with the right uh, material. And then God, we got to know that God rewards each person. Look at verse 14. God rewards well. He says, If any man's work abide, which he shall hath built thereupon, shall receive a reward. Everything we've done will be tested before God, and God rewards people well. Look at the end of verse 8. Back up to chapter 3, verse 8. Every man shall receive his own reward. According to his own labor. Again, how again, I think about, I think back on school, the awards assembly. I'm telling you, I don't think I ever got one. And it'd be nice if I at least got something, man. You know? But I remember going away sometimes thinking, man, I should have tried a little harder in maybe that class or this class. Maybe I would have got something. That would have been cool. You know. I don't regret not having perfect attendance, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the same thing with the Lord. It's like, I don't want to live where like, man, I should have. Now's the time to think, I'm going to try to do everything I can, do as best I can, even if it's only my motive with a touch of gold. If I'm doing hardship, I'm being mistreated. If I have a chance to help somebody, but I don't know if I want to do it because nobody's going to see it. I, 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 just help somebody without anybody knowing. God says, I got that, I got that, I got that. He, every man shall receive his own. He, the reward is coming. Reward day is coming. I, I always love this illustration. I've told it, and some of you probably already know it, about the guy, it was like years ago, some missionary that spent years in Africa as a missionary, and he came home to visit. Maybe he was done in the mission field. And at the same time, on the same boat, I think it was Theodore Roosevelt, was on the same boat. And he came back from, probably from his hunting trip in Africa. Theodore Roosevelt came back. 
And he came, of course, he, he's a president. He comes back and there's a prayer, da, 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 da. You know, they're all happy. Here's the president of the United States back from his, you know, trip to Africa. What did you catch this time? Another teddy bear? Ha, ha, ha. You know, and they, he's coming, <laughs> everything. He comes in and, and everybody celebrates for Theodore Roosevelt. And that preacher, that missionary, served a long time in Africa, had been a long time. There, finally come home and nobody welcomed him back. Nobody, there's not a local church, home church, Christians, anything welcomed back. And by the way, they should have. Somebody should have said, Hey, brother, glad to see you. Nobody welcomed him back. But he stayed, he and his wife stayed somewhere for their first night or two there on the coast. This is the East Coast. <clears throat> and, um, and they stayed in a hotel or something. And he was upset, this pastor, this missionary. And he's like, Boy, I'm just upset about this. Nobody, the president of the United States, he just serving for four years, goes hunting and everybody thinks it's a great thing, welcomes him back. I've been serving the Lord for 30 years here in Africa. And nobody... You know, um, I come home, he says, and nobody get, gives me any recognition. And he's kind of disturbed about that. And his wife, his wife was talking about it. And, and his wife said, you just need to talk to the Lord about this, you know. And so he does. And he says he was praying and thinking and praying. And he says, Lord, he said something to the effect of, I come back. And he recounts all his complaints. I come back and I come home and nobody rewards me, but they... When the president comes home, they, they, they recognize him. And he says, it was like the Lord said right back to my heart, you're not home yet. Isn't that right? It's exactly right. That's how we ought to live right now. I'm not home yet. You might get an acknowledgement. You might not. It helps sometimes along the way. You want to get enough to keep you going, but not so much to where that's all your reward is. He's like, you're not home yet. It's true. That missionary wasn't home yet. And his day's coming. He's going to get it put through the fire, and God's going to see, yep, that's what it was. God rewards. We have to have the right foundation, the right building material. He rewards well. And then last of all, just know whatever happens, it does not alter your salvation. Look at chapter 3, verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. That is... You know, I put all my stuff, here it is, and it just goes, it's all burned up. I suffer loss. Now, I think, again, as I said, there's another scripture that says, every man shall praise God. I think everybody's, God's going to find something good to compliment every Christian about. I believe that. But he says, there's all this other stuff. Oh, man, I just, I collected a, wrong, a lot of the wrong metal. It wasn't the stuff that they were looking for. Yep, got to throw that out. But he says, if any man's work is burned up, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be stay, saved, yet so as by fire. In other words, this whole fire thing up there in heaven and your, your, the image of your life going through it is like, that's not about you surviving. That's about your, 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 the, it, the, your Christian life in its works and motives surviving. You're saved. He himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire, it says. It will not alter my salvation. My judgment was already taken, at, taken care of at the judgment seat of Christ. So, have you, do you even think, let me ask you a few questions. Do you even consider the nature of what you're doing day by day? Some are like, yeah, I do, as long as I think about what everybody thinks it looks like. Sometimes we think more about what we think other people think our life looks like. I'm thinking about what other people might think I look like. And we spend so much time with those thoughts. In a way, there might be value in it. You don't want somebody to think you're 
you know, dirty if you look dirty, you know. There's common sense, but, but I'm talking about how everything is framed and how everything is, well, whatever they think, whatever they think. Or do we think, what is God thinking about my life right now? Do we, do, do we take heed of how we're building, of what our life's amounting to? Some don't think at all. They're like, I don't know, I just want to know what's for lunch. You know? Well, okay, fine. But what about after that? What are you doing? What's motivating you? I'm just glad I'm saved. That's good, but there's, you, get a, you get to do a little bit. You get to build something now between now and the time you die. You get to build something. And it's based on some of these rewardable moments, words, actions, motives that are right in the Bible. You know, we go through this... Uh, What's accumulating? I guess that's what I ask you. What's accumulating right now? Is it a lot of wood, hay, stubble? Back there behind the brown fence, we have this brown fence. We put stuff back there. I have to go back there all the time and, like, clean it out, the leaves, the junk, the junky wood, some stuff we might need to sell at a garage sale, you know, <clears throat> some mysterious thing back there that I don't know what it is, you know. We have to, the stuff that's accumulating. It. And then we leave the things that are valuable. You ever have to do that in your garage? You're like, I have to do that in my car, Pastor, all the time. <laughs> you know, I found, actually, there's a car. I found a hard drive in some, or external hard drive? I found an external hard drive in, in somebody's vehicle. I won't tell you that. I'm like, whoa, look at this. There was a bunch of other junk, but there was this external hard drive, and I got to send it to them. But that, that might be valuable, you know. But there was a lot of junk in there, too. You know, what's accumulating, what, what's, what's accumulating in your life by way of the things you're saying, doing, thinking, and what's motivating you? Is it gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and stubble? The judgment seat of Christ is when it'll come out. And we, we're supposed to live for that day and take heed how we build. Let's pray together.